been our privilege this weekend to have Tom and Catalina Natragali. Uh, Catalina actually is a member of Mitchell Road. Tom is a member of his presbytery. They serve in, uh, in Belgium. He will tell you more about that. And uh, Tom preached last night, and he will continue his message that he began last night. And it's, it's classic. It's God's charge to the church and his equipping and his preparing and planning for his own purposes around the globe. So we begin this morning with scripture reading from Matthew 28, uh, verses 16 to 20, and then we'll turn over to the Gospel of Luke following that, and then Tom will come. Matthew 28, beginning at verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he, that is Jesus, was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep, And let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land... They left everything and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It is good to be a son and daughter of the king. And it is always uh, so encouraging to come and worship him every Sunday with God's people. We need to worship him. And uh, so thank you for allowing me again to stand before you with his word. And I pray that the spirit will bless us and his word. 
So why go and keep going fuel for the journey? And what I want to do uh, in introducing the next few, the next two principles, I want to give a, a summary of what was said yesterday. So yesterday we looked at why go and keep going fuel for the journey under two headings. For Master Jesus to Lord Jesus, and for Master Jesus to Lord Jesus, who is merciful, forgiving, and loving. Now today we're going to look at two more go and keep going principles. And I want to begin the message today with the same question I did yesterday. Why go and keep going? Well, it's first, well, first it's impossible uh, to disciple the nations without going. That's pretty obvious. And in that sense, going is an imperative to the enterprise of the Great Commission. But as I said yesterday, there is more to it as Jesus accentuates the main reason to go and keep going with the use of the simple word, therefore. Literally, having gone therefore, disciple the nations. Why? Because Jesus is the victor. And he reminds them of his victory by saying... All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And behold, I am with you to the very end of the age. Therefore, go and keep going. But more, this victory proclamation of Jesus and its imperative to make disciples of all nations uh, reminds them of the bigger picture. Because this journey had started three years ago, and all the things they had seen and taught. So why go and keep going has a three-year journey behind it, and reminds them that it is fuel for the ongoing mission. Which brings us to the text of Luke, which is, the main, which is our main text for today. When Jesus said, from now on, you will be catching men. Or as Mark puts it, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. So what enables us then to go and keep going? Why should we get excited and passionate about it? Yesterday, we looked at two of the four principles that are foundational fuel for the journey. And the first principle was introduced under the heading from Master Jesus to Lord Jesus, where we meet Peter. And uh, we, we, we discovered that his vocation presented an area in his life that did not belong to Jesus. And Jesus wants to expose, through his vocation, his greatest need in order to see himself and his master as they truly are. Because what Peter perceived to be a strength, being a fisherman, he was an expert at it, he'd been doing it all his life, kept him from seeing himself as he truly is and kept him from seeing himself as Jesus truly is. And therefore comes the second request of Jesus to Peter, go out into deep, into the deep, and catch, and throw your nets in the water again, and go fishing again. And then we ask the question, why did Peter obey? And we, we, we looked at several options, but the conclusion was that Jesus, that, that Peter really did not truly believe he and his partners were going to catch fish. He was hoping to catch fish. 
But you see, Jesus is more than just your average Jewish master, your average Jewish rabbi. And so exactly when the fisherman finds himself full of confidence and strength, Jesus enables this to help Peter see himself and his master as they truly are. And so within minutes of casting the nets in the water, they get such a large number of fish that basically their boats are about to sink. And when Simon realized what has happened, who made it happen, and for whom it happened, he is completely and utterly undone. And with his unbelief exposed, he falls before Jesus on his knees and he cries out, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Peter's perception of himself and Jesus is now where it needs to be. I confess I am a sinner and I repent of my unbelief and my pride. from Master Jesus to Lord Jesus. And this brought us to our first go-and-keep-going principle, fuel for the journey, which is the same for all of us. It is to see ourselves in the Lord as we truly are. Christians are saved sinners called to go and keep going to unsaved sinners. And that's very difficult to do without recognizing our own constant need for humility and a posture of repentance. It is one of the foundational keys to become a fisher of men. And so I concluded the first point by making the connection with one of Mitchell Rhodes' values, resting in grace. You really cannot share God's grace if you don't rest in it. And you cannot rest in it unless you see yourself as you truly are and Jesus as he truly is. So that was the first principle. The second principle was introduced under the heading from Master Jesus to Lord Jesus, who's merciful, forgiving, and loving, where we discover that the master relationship does not only keep you from seeing yourself as you truly are, but keeps you from discovering the first of two key aspects of Jesus' lordship, love. Jesus responded to Simon, do not be afraid, which is the gospel cry in the Old Testament. And so Jesus is telling Simon, Simon, I've not come to judge you. I have come to show you my mercy, to show you my love. I've come to show you how much I love you, and I've come to show you how to trust in my love. And so with this response of Jesus, Peter discovers one of the key aspects of his lordship. In this short and powerful response, Peter was introduced to the second go and keep going principle, foundational fuel for the journey. And it's to come to grips with the lordship of Jesus, which is a lordship of love for you and me. Learning to accept and trust in Jesus' love for you. It is one of the key keys to become a fishers of men. And this made me think of, an, of another key value of Mitchell Road. A value of 
a loving community. And the ministry that you have here with the community groups and how community groups gives you the opportunity to show the love of Christ not, amongst, not only amongst yourselves, but amongst those outside of the church. Now this brings us to the next two principles. Under the heading, from Master Jesus to Lord Jesus, who is merciful, love, uh, merciful, loving, and forgiving, but is supremely powerful and ruler of all. Now the third fundamental principle in making fishers of men is learning how to trust in the Lord's power, in his rule over all things, which is another key, an aspect of, the, of, of Jesus' lordship. Peter and his partners are now ready to hear the words of Jesus and take them to heart. Verse 11. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. But here is the key. The key to catching was not going to be the fisherman's expertise. It was not primarily going to be their gifts, their talents, their knowledge, or even their desire that was going to be the key for catching men alive. The key ingredient is going to be the need for faith in the power and ruler and rule of Jesus over all things. And here I believe you have one of the main purposes of this miracle, another purpose. Just as Jesus had known the whereabouts of the fish, he knows the whereabouts of the people that he's prepared to hear the gospel. And just as he had directed the fish to a particular place to be caught, he will actually bring the people to you. That's his power. Yesterday I told you I had to go to Frostburg, Maryland to, you know, to find the Lord, for the Lord to find me. And he brought me to this young man who shared the gospel with me. You see, Jesus is the Lord of the harvest, Matthew 9. And we are his workers who labor, in other words, who go and keep going, in faith, trusting in God who will do the saving. We can't save anybody. Only the Lord Jesus saves. And this brings us to one of these, uh, the, another question that we wrestle with, which was difficult for us. And that's the, the question of control. We always are seeking to control things. But for, I've been, I'm 62 now and I realize I have very little control. Control is basically an illusion. Jesus has control. This is what the ancients were commended for in relationship to going. In Hebrews chapter 11, they trusted in God's power. But they did, but they did not only go because they trusted in his power. They also went because they realized and knew that God loved them. He cared for them. 
Because power without love is a very dangerous combination. And these men were about to become apostles. And they had power. Because power, you know, it's, it's what does it, how does it go? Um, power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. The human heart is prone to use power to serve self rather than others. And Jesus knows this, of course. And it is so important to the mission of Jesus that he actually repeats this miracle, I think, partly to make this point. So we now go to John chapter 21. And the scene takes place at the Sea of Galilee. Jesus has resurrected. He has appeared to the disciples several times. And the disciples are fishing again. And as in Luke chapter 5, they haven't caught a thing. Until they see a man standing at the shore who tells them to throw their nets on the other side. And of course, Jesus repeats the miracle. Peter understands and realizes very quickly that it is Jesus. He takes out his garment. He jumps in the water and swims to the shore to be with Jesus. And then what happens? Did Jesus say to Peter, well, Peter, you've finished seminary. You've, you've, you know, three years under my leadership. Go now and plant my church. Go do it. He didn't say that, did he? He looked at him as I'm looking at you now. And he said to Peter, do you love me? Three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Jesus saying, Peter, do you know me? Do you trust me? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And that's what he's telling us to do. And so it is great, with the repeat of this miracle, Jesus reminds them what the past three years had been all about. It reminds them of his compassion, his miracles, his suffering, his resurrection. And so with this miracle embedded in their hearts and minds, Jesus provides all the motivation they need. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And behold, I am with you to the very end of the age. Power and love. This is why Paul adds to faith this in Galatians 5, in these very simple but direct language. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Faith expressing itself in love for God and others. And so over the next three years, Jesus would show them his power, would show them his love, and teach them all about faith that must find expression in love for God and in love for others. And this brings us to the third go and keep going principle, foundational fuel for the mission. 
which is the need for faith in a sovereign power expressed in love for God and others. It is one of the keys to become a a fisher of men. What more is needed for courageous living? Another one of Mitchell Rhodes' values. And to understand and know Jesus is in charge and his love enables us to love others. What else would compel people to leave home, family, friends, all comforts and securities of familiar surroundings? What else would motivate people to share a message that, is, that often will be rejected by family, by friends, college students, high school students, co-workers, and so on? Is it not this principle? And as I think of this principle, I think of my Turkish friend, the pastor. I'm not going to mention his name and his wife. And some of you met him or saw him on the video, Taste the Nations. Now, they were, from, they were born in Turkey, in Amasya, which is by the Black Sea. There was no church, no Bible, not even a hint of the gospel. And uh, Murat wanted to learn English. And so he uh, saw this article in his newspaper that you could contact this group in, in the UK about how to learn English. And of course, he didn't realize they were Christians and that they used the Bible to uh, teach them English. And through interaction with them, he became a Christian. But he realized that in Amasya, he was the only Christian, truly the only Christian. No Bible, no church. His wife got very angry with him. He said, you're going to bring a great curse upon us because you have turned from Islam to Christianity. And they had a a daughter who was then three years old who became violently ill. And his wife kept pointing the finger, see what you've done. God is punishing us. And then God sent his wife a dream about a lamb that was being slaughtered. And she had this dream several times, and finally she asked uh, her husband, what's going on here? And before that, his daughter had, had gotten well. This is before the dream. And so Murat was able to interpret the dream for her. And she became a believer. They eventually ended up in Istanbul in a church where I met them, And I was able to invite them to come to Belgium in 2004. They've been in Belgium now for 18 years. And today, not one single Turk has come to faith. But yet he keeps plugging on because he realized God is in control. We've had three Turks actually visit our church and are currently visiting our church now. One has, one has shown an interest. 
but Murat and Nahide keep going. And so now we come to the last principle under the heading from Master Jesus to Lord Jesus, who is merciful, loving, and supremely powerful to make you fishers of men. From fishers of fish to fishers of men. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled up their boats, left everything, and followed him. Notice that Jesus didn't say you might or you should. He said you will. You will go. Notice that Jesus didn't say unless you have certain gifts, a certain personality, or a particular calling that you should be involved in the work of catching men alive. He said, no, you will all be involved. We all go because we all belong to Christ and Christ belongs to us. Jesus resides in us, empowering us and calling us to go and keep going. I think that's, I think Paul makes the point as strong as you can possibly make it when he says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Therefore, I go and I keep going. The question is, how do we share? How do we fish? And I ask this question because many of us think of sharing our faith primarily in terms of proclamation. And often, you know, and often equate evangelism with reaping. And certainly proclamation has its proper use and place with with reaping and its ultimate end. But often it is limited in its effectiveness when we are proclaiming to a people who are not ready and have not been prepared to hear the proclamation. To them, proclamation seems insignificant and irrelevant. Planting, watering, cultivation has to occur occur before you can reap. And I'm telling you this because that's the situation in Belgium and Western Europe. People really don't respond to proclamation. They are not ready for it. But they are ready for affirmation. Affirming the message of Jesus is then a process of constant modeling the Christian message. Belgium is an an empty field, a hard field. Even though it's rich and wealthy and beautiful, and many would like like to go there to visit, it needs planting, watering, and, and cultivation. And we need to pray that eventually we will reap what we sow. Because affirmation is just as important as proclamation. And Jesus makes this point very clear when he says in John 4, verse 36, this, even now the reaper draws his wages, and even now the harvest the eternal, for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Does the saying... One sows, one reaps is true. I send you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work. You have reaped the benefits of their labor. When I think of a a sower, 
I really think of my wife. She is the unassuming, quiet evangelist. When we first moved to Belgium in 2002, we got to know our neighbors, Jeff and Janine. They were a bit older than us, Jeff quite, quite a bit older. And slowly, we began to talk to each other across the fence. We began to share some conversation. Then eventually, we were invited into people's homes, which is quite a long process. In, in Belgium, it can take a year, two years, before you are invited home. Not so in America, but in Belgium it is. But slowly, we became very good friends. And they were disappointed Catholics, like so many Europeans. And then Jeff eventually passed on, and they asked me to do the funeral. And funerals in Belgium are not done in churches anymore. They're done in crematoriums. And so I had the opportunity to share, to proclaim the word of God to the people in a crematorium. But since then, my wife has continued to stay in touch with Janine. She visits her every single week. She brings her food. They have a wonderful relationship. She has shared the faith many times. Now, Janine is a Flemish speaker, but she can't really read Flemish. She reads French only, so Catalina bought her a French Bible. And we continue to pray that God will open her heart and the hearts of her children and grandchildren. The fourth go and going principle, foundational fuel for the journey, is God will accomplish his redemptive purpose through you because you will become fishers of men. Having gone, therefore, disciple the nations because Jesus is the victor. And he says to us, therefore go and keep going, for this is what I've called you to do. I am with you even to the very end of the age. So for, in closing, here are the four principles again. One, to see yourself and the Lord Jesus as you truly are. Christians are saved sinners called to go to unsaved sinners. The value of resting in grace. Two, the need to come to grips with the lordship of Jesus, which is a lordship of love for you and me. Learning to accept and trust in Jesus' love for you. The value of a loving community. Three, the need of faith in a sovereign power expressed in love for him and others. And so what more is needed for courageous living than to know this Jesus who has all this power? And then lastly, God will accomplish his redemptive purpose through you because he will make you fisher of men, a hope-filled discipleship. Amen. Let, let us pray, because I was reminded that I should pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I, I thank you so much for this congregation. And uh, Catalina and I have prayed for this congregation many times. And um, I do pray, Lord, that you will bless your people here. That this congregation will be light 
in this community. We'll be salt seeking to touch others with the gospel. So bless everyone here with your spirit and help them to go and keep going. And as they do so, may they turn back to the fuel for the mission, which is Christ himself. In Jesus' name, amen.